Welcome to the Wedding Film Academy podcast, your go-to source for learning to create stunning wedding films and run a successful business. Here's your host, Lumix Luminary and wedding filmmaker, Jordan Bunch. Hey everybody, before we start this show, I just wanted to let y'all know that we have a new really amazing Facebook group going. So if you look for Wedding Film Academy Facebook group, you'll find the page and you'll have to just answer two simple questions to make sure that you're going to send out good vibes to everybody in the group before we let you in. But hop on over there and join that group. Also, if you have other friends in the industry, go ahead and add them to the group as well. We're really trying to build something that's centered around the idea of encouragement and, and building one another up. Uh, as well as giving others a a leg up when they need it. And so one of the things that we're doing is we're going to do pretty close to a weekly film critique. So if you hop on over to our website, weddingfilmacademy.org, you can actually enter in to potentially have your film live critiqued by us on the Facebook group. And it's been a really awesome experience so far. We've done two of them so far, and we have... Uh, several, several dozen have been submitted, so uh, we can't get to everybody's right away because we're only, only going to do one week and we're having a ton of submissions, but we would love for you to submit one of your films over at WeddingFilmAcademy.org and then definitely make sure you join the Facebook group so that you can know when your film is going to be judged live. So hop on over to that Facebook group and we will see you there. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wedding Film Academy podcast. This is a exciting podcast because we are in front of a live audience. <laughs> the crowd goes wild. The crowd goes wild. We are at Shutterfest. Yep. 2018 and I am super excited. I know I probably told a number of you, a number of our listeners that we were coming to Shutterfest for the first time because we were super excited about the potential for making this a conference where we could build a, a community of wedding filmmakers because the community here that we've experienced so far has been awesome and I'm super pumped about it. But that is neither here nor there. Today we are talking with Dave Harris. Yes, correct. And with Michaela Jade. Yes. <laughs> and we are here in the Song Freedom Suite. And uh, what what these guys really do? So they have they have a really awesome studio in upstate New York, correct? Mm -hmm. Saratoga Springs. Awesome. So one of the things that makes them really unique is the way that they partner together to do photo and video with their studio. And they tell me they're averaging eighteen thousand dollars a client. So pretty incredible stuff. I think we have some really awesome stuff that we can learn from them. So I want to dive into especially this topic of in person sales because. That's something that you guys have excelled at and what's brought your business from obviously making a whole lot less to making way more, right? So yeah. no doubt. Yep. <laughs> quick intro. Tell me guys, uh, tell me a little bit more about you guys. So I started the business shortly after I first had uh, our first son and I just wanted to have better photos of him and that just quickly turned into a hobby that kind of snowballed from there. And uh, David was working as my second shooter for a while and then when the business started to grow and our clients started to ask us for video, uh, we said, sure, why not? And yeah. so we just started to offer it. It was and, date night. <laughs> and he became, he became the, the man for that. Uh, and so now we offer 
offer both photo and cinema to primarily wedding clients. Um, and we do do all of our um, sales in person or a virtual in-person experience, I guess, if they're not local, um, to kind of help book them and then also maintain more sales on the back end as well. Yeah, our business is, is built around providing a full experience. We have the video, the photo, but then we also want to make sure that we're delivering heirlooms to our clients. Yeah. So talk to me through this this transition because this was what uh, – something like 2012 when you sort of started to open your eyes and try to take your business to the next level. Talk to me about the experience that you had of just sort of running a business. It was almost uh, maybe hobby level, but then you decided, hey, let's take this to the next level. Talk to me through that story. I mean, it was kind of one of those things that I, I was actually forced into. I was laid off of my full-time job after being on maternity leave. And um, it was kind of like, okay, I, I either need to dive back into the corporate world and leave my newborn child, or I need to make a go of this and make whatever I can in order to make ends meet at the time. We had David's income, um, but that was it. And so for me, it was kind of out of necessity, just trying to book business to, um, to maintain our lifestyle at first. And um, and I think because my back was up against the wall and I had to make it work, um, that's what g- gave me the drive to really grow it very quickly. Yeah. So what was, what was step one of taking it from that level to where you are now? Well, we didn't have any formal education in photography. Um, we barely even knew how to use our cameras. And yeah, my so- <laughs> background's in accounting and finance, and hers is in international business and marketing. So um, we kind of picked it up and ran with it. Yeah. But it was conferences. It really was conferences like, like this that allowed us to kind of get the knowledge that we needed um, and apply it to our photography business. But we were always kind of business minded and photography is what we needed to pick up and learn. So coming to these and taking photography classes and learning more about our cameras and how to shoot, this is, this was like our college for photography. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I think it's interesting whenever people come at this because most, I think most people in photography and, and filmmaking, they come at it from the, the art side and then they try to attach some business knowledge to it in order to make something work. You guys, sort of came at it from the opposite perspective of, right. <laughs> we want to start a business, let's try to do it with a camera, right? Yeah. So that's really different. So talk to me about why you think that that mindset of, I'm going to run a business that happens to use a camera, has set you up for success. Well, yeah. was, oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> it was always about the business first. It was always all of the decisions that we made were about um were about the business side of things. Is this feasible? Is it doable? And so putting that, you know, prioritizing that as opposed to the artistic side of it, I think allowed us to be a little bit more reasonable and risky and and really scale the business. Yeah, business and client experience has always been first and foremost uh and the kind of the front of the mind for our for our business um, we kind of every day we're talking about you know how can we improve our client experience and how can we make sure that um, you know our business is pros- profitable and that's you know someday we're gonna be able to retire and can take our kids on vacations and so maintain the lifestyle that you know we enjoy yeah awesome okay so one of the things that you guys do a lot of teaching on and it's what you're teaching here in the song freedom booth the firefly booth is this idea of in-person sales. 
So I think this is one of those areas where a lot of artists really struggle because they don't want to feel like a salesperson. They want their art to sell itself. They want their work to speak on its own. They want people to come to their website and have this incredible epiphany as they viewed this masterpiece (laughs) work and then pay them loads of money to do it. But I think for most people, that is a pie-in-the-sky dream that is not going to work out too well. So talk to me about what it looks like to be a salesperson in your business without feeling slimy. Well, I think where a lot of photographers go wrong in this is that they're afraid to get in front of their clients and really in an area where there is no barrier to entry and this, you know, we're flooded with new photographers coming into the market, you know, by thinking that you're going to stand out well enough just on a website, it's just not going to happen. You have to be able to make that connection with your client. You have to be able to put them first. And really the only way you're able to do that is if you can connect with them. And maybe that's over the phone to some level, but really in person, uh, that one-on-one connection is where you're going to be able to create that transformation for them and really, really put their interests first. Um, Right from the beginning when you're selling your services, all the way through the end if you're selling add-on products or print sales or whatever that might be. Awesome. So talk to me just kind of logistics-wise. When you you first started, you decided that you're going to start... you're going to start meeting in person with your potential clients and trying to upsell them on these different things. Uh, what did you do? Did you go meet them at the local Starbucks? Uh, did you guys have a place in your home? <laughs> this is a funny story. Yeah. Talk to me through this. Yeah, I mean, at first we would meet them anywhere, right? We were start, We were trying to, I mean, Panera, you name it. Um, and we quickly realized that it wasn't very effective to do it in those types of areas. We started selling... Um, at other venue lobbies. So if it was like a high-end venue, we would meet them at the lobby. Um, And so that was one workaround for us. And we also sold out of our home. We would clean up our house. We would we actually ended up redecorating our living room to be more on brand so that we could meet our clients in our living room. Clean out the toys, bring in the photo (laughs) easels, bring out the photo albums. Yeah, Yeah. set it up like a studio and, and sell there until we were able to make enough to actually afford to move it out of our home awesome what what was the talk to me about because I've, I've never heard anybody say they actually went to a wedding venue so for somebody who's in the spot where maybe their house isn't something they don't want their clients to come right. to their house for whatever reason um or they just don't live in a good spot for that kind of thing to be you know kind of on point with their brand they don't have right. the money to you know kind of redo their house or whatever <laughs> This idea of going to the wedding venue is really interesting because it's a private spot. Exactly. You're meeting them at the venue where they're getting married. So it's sort of like a, hey, I want to see the venue, that kind of thing. So talk to me through what that looks like. Yeah. I mean, it also opens up an opportunity to establish a relationship with a venue that you may not have worked at before. So just by reaching out to the people that are running the venue and saying, hey, I would love to meet your client there, see the space, get to know you, and maybe offer something of value to that uh, coordinator or um, sales manager, whatever it might be, that opens up a world 
of it's it's a great marketing tactic on top of the fact that you already know that that client is emotionally attached to that space. So you're already starting with the benefit of knowing like they're going to love being there, right? right. Um, they're usually if you're if you are establishing a relationship with someone, they're usually open to giving you a private space. So you don't have to pay extra to have kind of a private space. Um, and then you have the opportunity to meet multiple people ahead of the wedding, see the space. And so it's I guess it's mutually beneficial for for everyone. And for us, you know, we were trying to target a high end clientele and we lived in a little tiny condo with two kids. So it was very right. difficult to um, make people feel welcome or at least, like you said, on brand or something like that. Um, in our small condo. So when we knew we really wanted to land a high-end client, that was kind of the route that we took. I think it makes a ton of sense because one of the things to realize as we move more into the high-end markets is that we're not selling to people who are like ourselves, right? We're typically selling to people who have a whole lot more money than we do. And so people in general are most comfortable hanging out with people in their own economic class. So like, like you mentioned, like if you live in a small condo, you've got kids that are messing up the place all the time, whatever, <laughs> and they're used to living on the high in the high rise or whatever the case is, then they're not going to be near as comfortable in that situation. But by taking them to the wedding venue that they fell in love with, now you also have that emotional connection with them, like you mentioned. I yeah. love that idea. That's really great. Yeah, I wouldn't use that as like a barrier to not starting doing in person sales because we were we were successful out of our condo Um, and it was and we had high-end clients in there and maybe we weren't kind of reaching the potential of what our sales could have been had we been in a high-rise or in our own studio space but we were selling and we were making money out of our condo so I wouldn't use that as like an an excuse to not get started now right it was one step closer right so use what you have whatever it is to get you that one step and those sales are what help fund um, you know us getting a studio space so yeah Mm -hmm. that's awesome but even, even just not using the, the excuse at all and being able to get out into right. a space that's still private, that obviously they love, I think that's that's really brilliant. And yeah. I haven't heard anybody else talk about that. So And you're also honing right. your craft at that time, right? Like if you go sure. get this high-end studio and you haven't done any in-person sales and all of a sudden you're in this you know place that you're not really affording yet um, and you're hoping yep. this is going to sell it, this kind of allows you the time to hone your craft, perfect it. And then when you're you know in a studio space, you're able to say, you know, I I know exactly what I need to do and I'm going to be able to capitalize um, yeah. on the space itself. So so now you guys have moved into a studio space and is it just the two of you guys there or what's the what's that look like? Yeah, we actually just hired our first full-time employee. She's awesome. our studio manager, Candace. She's, I like to say she's our boss now. She keeps us in check. <laughs> yeah. She's amazing. <laughs> I have yeah. to have a boss too. It's very yeah. important. Yeah. Thank you, Taylor. but yeah we it's just the two of us so we run um our commercial film business and our education business and our wedding business out of that space but it's just us in the space and our studio manager awesome and that's also space that you guys use for sales now we do absolutely Mm -hmm. so what have y'all tried to do to set that space up thinking specifically about we're bringing clients here for in-person sales. Yeah, it's funny. I think it was crucial to actually have so uh, at least a few years under my belt um, when considering psychologically how we wanted to set up the space because you get a feel for the sale and what you need. Um, And so now what we're actually doing is we're printing on site. So we have a room where we will shoot and print. So if we have portrait clients in, we'll shoot and print their work right there same day. And then in our sales room, that's kind of set up 
more like our traditional living room. There's a couch, there's a coffee table where we have albums laid out open for them to feel and touch. And then we also have wall galleries on the wall so they can see, you know, if you have a side table, this is how it should be set up. If you want something that's an accent piece, this is how it should be set up. And so with the printer on site now, we're actually able to fill those frames with their images, which has drastically increased our awesome. sales because yeah. they're able to actually see the things that they could essentially take off the wall and bring home with them. Right. That's awesome. So talk to me through the different things that you're going to try to sell. A client comes in. Uh, this is after you've done a shoot. Well, actually, maybe start. Let's start with the with the whole process. So let's just kind of walk through a client experience. So someone comes... Uh, Somehow you get a lead from a client. Mm -hmm. What's what's the next step? Well, we <laughs> we just started sending out these little video texts. Um, we decided that a lot Ooh. of our clients started doing. Yeah, uh, Ben Hartley was is a good friend of ours, and he oh, yeah. gave us that idea yep. initially. Um, and so we started. David started sending out video texts to our new leads, and we found that people just respond better to text messaging. The video allows them to be a little. It allows it to be a little bit more personal, and we yeah. get them on the calendar. Yeah, I mean, we just you know say, hey, congratulations, your engagement. Thanks for reaching out. Um, you know, we love your venue. Um, Candace, our studio manager, is going to be reaching out with a formal email, but I wanted you to send this kind of corny uh, video and, um, you know, let us know sometimes that we could reach out. And then, and then that's it. But we get so much more response um, from doing those video messages. It's been insane. That's awesome. I love that idea. And are you doing it? Are you custom doing it to each client or is it a video that you shot professionally that you're then sending out to them? Custom video. It's just literally me on my iPhone. I go in our studio space where we do our sales, which yep. has like the nice kind of backdrop. So you say um, their name. He dresses exactly. up for I work say their now. Name. <laughs> yep. I, I actually have to wear nice clothes to work now, which yeah. is a real bummer. But yeah, no, that's what we're doing. You just throw a blazer on. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like a newscaster. I don't have pants yeah, on. Yeah, no I pants. I just have like nice shirt and blazer nice. on. Yeah. <laughs> And initially, we were afraid that it wasn't it wasn't our brand because it wouldn't it wouldn't come off formal or high end or what we were trying to convey to our clients. But the what we realized very quickly was that's not what they're looking for in um, a relationship with us. They really yeah. it was really nice to let the guard down and kind of introduce ourselves as people first and putting them first, wanting to get back to them very quickly and establish a relationship, and then set up the formal communications by saying, you know, Candace will be reaching out to you to schedule a consultation and. And then it just, yep. it allowed, they, they started responding. I mean, we were getting so many leads that just weren't getting back to us. So. Well, because remember, when they send you that lead email, they've been on seven sites before that, and they're getting seven other emails from, or or more, uh, from other photographers. And so now I'm ending up in their, their text message inbox, and there's a video from me, you know, saying congratulations Man. on being engaged. I love that idea. Okay, so you send them Props to Ben the Hartley video for text. that idea. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. Props to Ben for that idea. Yes, yeah. thank you, Ben. So, so you sent the video text. What's what's follow up look like after that? You said you you put yep. them on the schedule, right? Well, we send our traditional lead email that goes out, and then there's another video in there that's like the, the experience with Michaela and I and what they can expect from us. Um, and then there's a link to say, hey, schedule your consult with us in person or over the phone. Um, what else is in there? Well, we have a short sequence that goes back and forth um, about where they can find more information if they're, yeah. you know, it, amidst in between our initial reach out and then when we actually get them in the studio. Um, and, and then sometimes also now they're scheduling the call right or in person meeting right through text. They're like, hey, I can meet on so and so date and then we yeah. see if it works or not. Nice. Yeah. 
But the goal is to get them into the studio if they live locally so that we can, um, you know, kind of show them the services. Because, you know, I, I feel, again, where photographers go wrong at being afraid of doing these in-person sales, they think, well, everything's listed on my website. And so if they want it, they'll find it there and they'll book it over the phone or whatever that might be. But the problem with that is that it's actually doing a disservice to your clients because they're not able to see everything. They're not able to pique their interest on what they actually might really be looking for. Sure. And then they're just shopping based on price point. Yeah. And I think the other thing too is that when it's when we're just using our website for sales, we aren't educating our clients on each of those things, right? We might have a list of a la carte things, we might have a list of our packages and what's included in those things, but each of the the language that we use for different things, it means different things to different people because photographers, filmmakers are using these words in vastly different ways. You know, like we had a conversation on our Facebook group the other day, the Wedding Film Academy Facebook group, about raw footage. And one of the things that Dave Williams brought up was the fact that raw footage means like 12 different things, depending on right. what the filmmaker is. Exactly. And so, you know, our client may have had somebody else tell them what their raw footage is, which is ends up being like this fully produced video. And our raw footage is just all the footage raw on a hard drive, right? Mm -hmm. So I think there's that education process, but also the fact of helping them to understand what is, uh, what's, what's really important because most of our clients are doing this wedding thing for the first time, right? Yep. And so they don't know what's actually important about all this. So one of the things that we try to educate our clients on is rehearsal dinners and how important the rehearsal dinner coverage is. We did one just this last weekend, and they had an open mic time where we had probably uh, 12, 15 people give a speech, just kind of off the cuff, but it was some of the stories that were told through the rehearsal dinner, some of the, uh, and some of the most encouraging things that they heard from that whole weekend happened at the rehearsal dinner, and so having that um, having that documented through video and through photography really took everything that we were able to do to them to the next level. But they would have never even thought or considered the idea that they should have a photo and video team at their rehearsal dinner. Sure, yeah. So there's so much of it that's just about educating the client that you can't necessarily do through just your website. Is running your business taking away from the time that you have to make better wedding films? Do you feel disorganized? What happens when a hot lead goes cold after your first email response? Do you have a system in place to stay in contact with them? Do you find yourself asking, where was that bride's phone number again? And have they paid their invoice or not? Which package do they get and what are their deliverables? How organized are your financial records when it comes to tax time? Wouldn't it be awesome if you could afford forty dollars or $50,000 to pay someone to take care of all this extra stuff for you? I've got an idea. How about you sign up for 17 hats and pay just $300 a year to let their amazing online software take care of all of this for you. Before I got 17 hats, I was buried in a sea of unorganized emails, spreadsheets, bank statements, receipts, sticky notes, Google Docs, and more. I was letting hot leaves go cold because I couldn't remember who to stay in contact with. I was spending weeks trying to get my tax records organized from my accountant. It was awful. And now I pay 17 hats, just $300 a year, and they do all of that for me. It's like having a full-time assistant working around the clock on your business, making sure that everything is organized, invoices are paid on time, and making you look like a real pro to your clients. And now, 17 Hats is giving you an amazing offer. 
When you use the link at the top of our website, weddingfilmacademy.org, you'll get 15% off the list price. And it's a great way for you to help keep us making great content each week for you. If you want to learn more about 17 Hats, go back in the archives and listen to the podcast that we did with them. We actually got to chat with the CEO and one of the VPs of 17 Hats for an hour. So definitely go back and listen to that podcast as well if you want to learn more. Thanks a ton. Let's get back to the show. So talk to me through the ways that you're using your in-person sales meetings to educate your clients on the different products and services that you provide. Yeah, the education starts from kind of the initial lead sequence. Yeah, I think for print sales, it's huge because you want to set the expectations. A lot of uh, couples, like you said, are coming to you for the first time. They've never had an experience with a professional photographer before. So we want to make sure we're managing those expectations and explaining to them that, you know, after each photographic experience with us, you will come in in person and view our images. We'll view the images together and we'll decide on what you want to order, what you want to walk away with. And the same thing from the video side of things. We want to make sure, like you said, that you know, when they're price shopping different photographers that we're setting ourselves apart. And so we're able to educate them on video is not just an add-on. It should be something that is actually considered as as a, a long-term investment because it's something that's only going to increase in value down the road. And it's the biggest regret that we hear from our just photo clients. You yeah. know, they come back in and say, I wish, you know, we had, yeah, I wish we had listened to you when we said the video footage would be invaluable, which... Um, you know, so you need that, that education, uh, portion right from the beginning for sure. So I think a lot of filmmakers specifically struggle with knowing what they can do in a in-person sales meeting in terms of what they're going to upsell on. So obviously photographers have this great outlet through prints, through albums, uh, slideshows, whatever the case is. Talk to me through what you're doing to upsell your clients on different video things. Yeah, it's interesting. I think a lot of the a lot of the upselling that we do for video, it happens actually before the wedding itself. So when they come in and they purchase a wedding collection with us, it comes with kind of, you know, their highlight film and extended cuts. Um, but then pri- before the wedding, we'll have like an email sequence that goes out and talks about, you know, the importance of, you know, maybe having a trailer that comes out within a week of their wedding or 4K footage or... Um, a same day edit. So we'll have like this whole email sequence queued up that goes out and says, Hey, have you considered these things? So a lot of our selling actually happens um, before the wedding itself. Um, if they come in after the wedding uh, and they don't have extended cuts or anything like that, then we'll kind of communicate with them in the in-person sales process, um, you know, about the importance of adding, you know, your dad's toast was incredible. Like you're probably going to want that. Yeah. Taylor's grabbed the mic. Do you have something you want to add? I just grabbed the mic because Michaela had to uh, leave to go to another thing. So I'll hop on and sounds good. Yeah. Throw in some commentary Taylor, here and there. Taylor, what are you, um, what are you experiencing in terms of like our sales process with clients and, and what they're wanting to add on? Because we, with, um, so those of you who are new listeners may not know that Taylor is also the studio manager for Ladybird Studios, our volume brand. So we have sort of this hybrid approach Uh, to sales where we have packages that we try to lead clients into but we also do a lot of a la carte sales what are what are some of the main like a la carte things that we're selling raw footage has become really big um quite a few more people are actually asking about it early on like when they're still considering booking us they'll be asking about a la carte items like oh what is raw footage oh what does the toast video mean so 
a lot of people are actually asking these questions while they're looking into us um, to kind of find out what we offer and, and the different things they can add on. And then a lot of times people will be like, well, I know I want to book you, but I'm not sure kind of what extra stuff I want, but I definitely want to at least book you and get, get my date booked. So then we tell them, you know, definitely go ahead and book us. I would recommend if you know you want us, book us now because all of these things are super easy to add on later. And a lot of people will actually, so after the wedding film is complete and we deliver it, in that delivery email, it will say like, hey, if you decide you want to buy the raw footage, here's how you can do that, let us know. And a lot of people will come back and be like, oh yes, I love my wedding film. I definitely want to get the raw footage. Of course, right? So yeah. that really helps a lot to have that extra reminder in place. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Our, our email drip marketing has definitely been huge for that. Um, because there's there's more than one way to sell. And obviously, like the in-person thing is great when you're trying to especially connect on that emotional level, uh, which is so much of so much of the wedding industry is driven on emotional sales. And it's not even necessarily that we're trying to like pull on these emotional heartstrings and manipulate someone, but it, it is just the fact of like it's an emotional event. And by virtue of me educating you about what you're going to want in the end, it's like what Michaela said a second ago is so many of your clients are regretting the fact that they didn't do video if they only did the photo. And so our sales process, while it does it's 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 emotionally driven in a lot of ways it's for their own benefit because yeah. as the professionals we know uh, through through our vast amount of experience working with so many different couples we know what they're going to regret not doing we know how much they're going to value all the things that they did do with us and so it's not that's that's for me like where i get so passionate in the sales meeting is not because I'm just trying to make an extra buck, and of course that's a part of it, but it's helping to educate them on how much they're going to cherish these things, that these services that we're gonna be able to provide to them. And if I, if I don't try to sell them on that, I'm doing them a disservice. Of course, yeah, and it, when, you're, when you're educating, when you're truly educating your clients on why print is important, why having the extended cuts and the video footage from your wedding is important, then you're not really selling anymore, right? Because once once you've kind of talked them through your why and why it's important, why you do what you do and kind of the other things that, you know, past your experiences with past couples and, and their regrets, then when they come in for the sales session, now all of a sudden it's, or the design session, it's, it's not about, um, you know, what do you want to buy? It's, hey, We've educated on you on these things, and they come in and they know what they want already, right? Because you've you've talked through, talked them through that beforehand. So then it's not about selling anymore; it's just about providing a full service to them. Yeah, and another thing that we like to tell people sometimes they'll ask us, sometimes we'll just work it into the conversation is that we're going to film your wedding day the same way no matter what. We're going to record everything, get all the moments, record all the audio, so you really can decide later on oh, hey, I really want to add on those toasts or I want to add on, you know, longer edit with some of these extra things. So it's a really nice thing for them to be like, oh, I can just add that on later. They're not going to shoot my day any different. Yeah, because we value you as a couple. We're not going to provide a lesser service just because, like, you didn't add it on beforehand. Like, we are here to capture your day and your love story. Um, and so we're not going to just not be like, okay, no, they didn't have extended cuts, so I'm not going to record any of the toasts. Like that's, that's not really how it works. 
Yeah. Oh, we have a question from the audience. So the question, question. In, the question for uh, for the audience who's listening uh, on the podcast was how how much has in person sales impacted your busy uh, your your video business specifically? Yes. So from the time that you were before when you weren't doing in person sales to what you're doing now. Sure. It's almost it's almost a concept that if you're not doing it, you're not going to make anything doing it, right? But as soon as we started educating our clients on the importance of having extended cuts, importance of, you know, getting the trailer so you can experience it, you know, within a week of your wedding or having that impactful moment where we kind of bring out their projector and play a same day edit at your reception and like the the ability of your your parents and, you know, your family to be able to see you get ready on your wedding day um, at on your wedding day um, at the reception is is incredible. And so like once we started doing that, now all of a sudden they're believing in our services and what we have to offer. And now it's just them saying, hey, we'd like to, to add that. Um, and then we would obviously do kind of email campaigns and kind of send that out prior to the wedding just to, to educate them. That way, you know, when the, the wedding's over, it's not just like, hey, we haven't talked about this, but would you like to add this? And then it kind of comes off as just this kind of, they're just trying to get a sale off me. But if we are talking to them beforehand and educating them on it. Then when the wedding's over and we say, hey, I know you expressed interest in this, you saw our emails before, is this still something that you're interested in adding? Now it's just you trying to provide an increased value and service to them. I'll say something about that as well. So just kind of as an example, I had a in-person meeting with, I'm just thinking of one client in particular, that I had an in-person meeting and it was with the mother of the bride. So she came and she booked a package and it was like a $7,000 package. So I, you know, we got it booked. It was on the calendar, all that. Then I scheduled a meeting to go out to dinner with the bride and groom, probably uh, maybe three or four months before the wedding started. So we sat down and my goal was to get to know the clients, for them to get to know me and feel comfortable with me. And for me to educate them on what are all the possibilities of what we could do for you. So as we began to sort of explore that and I, I began to inquire about what are they dreaming about? What do they want to come away with in the end? And then talk to them about sort of just dreaming about the possibilities of all the things that we could do for them. They ended up adding another $6,000 onto their package. And that was just through talking to them about the different services that we could offer to them. And they fell in love with that, that, that idea. They went home, talked to mom and dad, and uh, you know, wrote me a check that next week. So I think the power of, of that in-person sales is just on that one client, I was able to get them from, you know, initially from the conversation with the mother to a pretty healthy package. Uh, and then a follow-up meeting with that to get another $6,000 out of it again. Um, but also at the same time to be able to provide so much of a better service to this client um, in addition to making for a much healthier profit margin for us. Sure. I have a, one more story on that. Um, and this is not, this pertains to the photography side, but Michaela had a client um, who we shot her wedding and her grandmother was not able to make it to the wedding because of her, because of health issues. Um, and something that's important to us is, is within a month of their wedding, they have their wedding album. It's super important to us to kind of bring them in. And when we do our uh, design session with them, we're designing the album, their wall are all right there at the session. That way when they leave, um, you know, we're, approving the album and it's getting printed and sent it out sent out to them and so um this particular bride her grandmother um 
she was able to bring that album to her, show her, walk her through the album, and the grandmother was talking about how it felt like she was there at the wedding. And like it makes my hair stand up talking about that because this is an experience that if you allow them to go off and kind of design their album on their own, it's going to take them months, years uh, for them to actually go ahead and do that because you're giving your client work to do. Um, and it was shortly thereafter that her grandmother passed away and she called us and said that she was so grateful for the fact that, you know, we were able to provide this experience to her and to her grandmother and that how she didn't know when she booked us how important heirlooms and printing product was. But because of her experience with us and us educating her, now she wants us to tell that to all of our clients. Right. And so she left us this wonderful voicemail. It's actually, I think, in this presentation that we'll give later. But um, it's so invaluable. Awesome. I love stories like that because what we get to do for our clients just has such incredible value as, as, a, um, as, as the storyteller for generations to come, you know, because, because these memories are all, they all become distant memories. You know, I was married nine years ago and it's hard for me to remember a whole lot about my wedding, unfortunately, you know, but through the, uh, you know, through the album that we have, I'm able to, to, to draw back on that. Unfortunately, you know, I did this before I got into the business uh, is when I got married. And so, you know, I don't even have a video of my wedding and that is a major bummer. And so like, that's honestly, like that's my story has become part of, uh, you know, part of my educating my clients on the yeah. matter. They kind of have a similar story. How sad it is for me yeah. that I don't have this. And now I get to provide this amazing thing to all my clients, but I don't get to enjoy it myself, you know? So that's definitely become part of my education process with my clients. Sure. Awesome. Dave, is there anything else that you feel like you definitely want to impart to our listeners? Is there anything that I should have asked you that I didn't ask you yet? No, I mean, I think the, the one thing that we always like to drive home is that if you're not doing this now, um, don't wait. Start now because there's never an opportune moment to start doing this. Kind of like when you're building your portfolio for your website. You're always like, well, I'm going to wait till I have you know that next image, that next portfolio image before I publish this. But then you, all of a sudden it's, it's a year later and you still don't have your new website up because you're waiting for that perfect portfolio image. But guess what? It's perfect. It's perfect now. And you're never going to start unless you start now. So... That's my one. My one thing is just start now. You'll get better. Um, things will improve, and it's going to help grow your business. That's awesome. Yeah. There's no such thing as an overnight success. No. Yeah. They all take years. And I think it's important to remember just wherever you're at. Just go at it wherever you're at. Yeah. And it's a lot of work. It's going to be hard. Awesome. But nothing worthwhile is ever easy. That's but right. to have that personal connection really will put you several steps ahead of many other companies. Like. Like that is almost more important than the quality of your work because like, like, yes, you know, you want to have like pretty good quality stuff, but it's more about how the people feel when they meet you and people will book you just for your personality, the experience, the way you make them feel comfortable or whatever it is. So that really is a super important tool to have when you're starting your business for sure. Yeah. I mean, we're here at Shutterfest, so we have to mention Sal Sincata. So that's one of Sal's big things is that your clients are booking an experience with you. They're not booking you for the product even that you can create for them photo and video wise. That's obviously a part of the package, a part of the experience, but they're booking you for an experience. And I think that's a really important lesson to learn. And that sales education process is a part of that experience. And so again, I think we're just, we're doing our clients a disservice to not do this. No doubt. 
Dave, uh, if our listeners want to go somewhere to find out more about what you guys are up to in both your photography and your video, as well as your education stuff, where can sure. they go? So our website, our photography and video website is theharrisco.com, uh, and they can find our educational resources at education.theharrisco.com. And then if they want to find us on Instagram, we're hcophotocinema, hco photo cinema. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having us on. Yes, it's been great. All right. We'll talk soon. Take care. The Wedding Film Academy podcast is produced by Taylor Juarez. If you found this episode helpful, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show and help us out by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. And when you're done, head on over to WeddingFilmAcademy.org to chat with our other wedding filmmakers like yourself in the comments section. Until next time, keep making movie magic.